Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we reach the 8 o'clock hour, let's go to the phone lines. We should be hearing from our buddy James Johnson. James, have we got you? Yes, sir. Good morning. How y'all doing? Hey, good morning, James. James, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I can't complain. All right. James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com joining us on the line as he does every Wednesday morning. By the way, starting next week, we'll be hearing uh, from James a little more often as we get into a heavy dose of NFL football. Uh, And uh, James is one of the best, as he has shown in his segments with us, uh, very uh, knowledgeable uh, about anybody or any team uh, that's a player uh, in the NFL or a team in the NFL. James knows it, and uh, we appreciate uh, having his expertise as part of the show. And I appreciate being on, and I appreciate the kind words, man. You guys really got a great program going on over there. Hey, no problem, brother. No problem. Well, James, listen, we're talking NFL uh, as it would be this morning. Monty and myself have been talking about this deal with, uh, with of course, Chip Kelly. Didn't even make it to Black Monday, uh, James. Yeah, um, and if you ask the Philadelphia fans, you know, they kind of wanted this. But, um, you know, I kind of felt that Chip Kelly, you know, might suffer this fate when they handed over the keys to, you know, him deciding on the personnel as well, which, you know, that's a lot to handle to be a coach and, you know, a director of personnel as well. So I I thought that was a bit much on his plate, even though, you know, he wanted to set up his system and he wanted his players. But uh, ultimately, uh, you know, he he just didn't – he came up short. You know, he he made some questionable moves with, you know, Murray, signing Murray, letting McCoy go, letting Macklin go. You know, Sam Bradford hasn't really been the answer. And ultimately, that's what decided his fate as a uh, head coach. Well, and I tell you, you know, I don't know if you were listening to the show before you called or not. Um, but I was, uh, Monty and I were talking about this deal with um, DeMarco Murray. And I got to be honest with you, you know, you, you know, I didn't even talk about Jeremy Macklin. Um, and that's a, yet another uh, head scratcher there, you know. If you had those three guys still on the team, and I'm talking about DeMarco Murray and using him like you should, you know, that would, I mean, to me, that would be a coach's dream. But let's let's talk about Murray. Why do you think Chip Kelly elected not to use him more with the kind of season he was coming off of? The NFL's, uh, or, yeah, he won the NFL's rushing title. Right. He was the offensive player of the year. He was a machine running the football. I mean, what what's the deal here? Help me understand this. I think what it boils down essentially what it boils down to is the, the system. Philadelphia Eagles really don't have the offensive line that the Dallas Cowboys had. And that's another thing that has hurt Chip Kelly is he hasn't put the proper resources into building the offensive line. They let Evan Mathis go, who you could say is arguably one of the best, you know, guards, especially zone guards. That's what the scheme they use in Philadelphia, one of the better guards in the league. 
and they really haven't, you know, put any pieces there in place to help DeMarco Murray be successful. When you look at what he had with the Cowboys, you know, for the most part, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line was all first-round picks. Now, Tony Romo got injured this year, but that was because they couldn't run the ball as much with DeMarco Murray because he's in Philadelphia now. So uh, now that DeMarco is in Philadelphia, he doesn't have the offensive line that he had in Dallas. And it simply boils down to that. That's one of the reasons why they don't have a good run game in Philadelphia. And also Sam Bradford was hit a lot uh, during his time period as the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. Well, and and, 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 and look, you, you know, and obviously you keep up with this kind of stuff, James, so I'm not going to doubt you at all, but – it just seems like uh, that that he never really had a chance uh, to show what he could do, uh, in, and I and I thought it was more of just Chip Kelly's system and, and the way he tries to use players, and uh, I, I don't know that that's one of the head scratchers to me. But I do understand what you're saying about the difference in offensive lines, but um, uh, but you know then you got the deal with Lashawn McCoy, shady uh, right. as as Kelly trades him for nobody a former uh, linebacker that played for him at Oregon who was coming off a torn ACL. And then that comes a year after dumping Deshaun Jackson. I just, you know, I don't get I don't get these moves. Me neither. And, um, I mean, like, as he's making these moves, I know I'm not the only one thinking this. I'm sure you and Monty were thinking the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? And, you know, if he gets fired, they're going to pin, you know, you getting fired on these moves that you made. And uh, that's arguably right, the right thing to do because those moves were questionable. You look at Chip Kelly when he had those guys over there, when he had McCoy, when he had uh, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, that's when he was the most dangerous. That's when the spread offense flourished with him. And even when he had Nick Foles, you know, Nick Foles went through like eight, nine games, I can't remember, without throwing an interception. And he, these are the guys that he's essentially sending away to other teams for little or nothing. And he per, he pretty much broke up a good thing that he had at the time because if he had those players, in my opinion, still, or at least most of them still in place in his spread offense, he'd still be, you know, one of the more dangerous offensive minds in the NFL right now. But he just threw it all away and he traded those guys away for whatever reason. And that is why he essentially has been fired. I think a part of it, too, was Chip Kelly thinking that he could do it like Bill Belichick did, which is uh, no matter who comes in and puts on that uniform of the New England Patriots, they are going to excel, they're going to do well in the system of Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots. And I bet you that you had uh, Chip Kelly, who had that same kind of mindset, that same kind of ego, Hey, I believe in my system. No matter who we have in here, it's going to excel. But, again, you're trading away the, the, the lifeblood of your team, of your offense. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, boom, boom, boom. That's reason enough to, to, to figure why you uh, why you should be fired. But uh, I, I don't know. So part of me says, you know, he, he had it coming. Yes. And, I mean, another thing on what you just said about Bill Belichick is that Chip Kelly, the thing about Chip Kelly trying to do what Bill Belichick did, Bill Belichick has been in the league forever, in the NFL we're talking here. 
You know, he's been around NFL personnel forever. You know, he's done this year in and year out. He's done it way before I was born, at least. And the thing about it is for Chip Kelly, a first-year NFL head coach, to try and implement what he did, you know, you got to question – you got to question the ownership letting him do this as well. It's like, hey, who who are you to try this? Good point. When you know you're, you're year one into your NFL career as a head coach, so I mean, Jeff Lurie is a good owner. Don't get me wrong, and uh, the city of Philadelphia <laughs> loved him, but that was a questionable move on his part as well, letting Chip Kelly take over that whole personnel thing when they had Tom Gamble in place, who made a very good. 49ers um, offense and 49ers team in San Francisco when he was over there. So they let Tom Gamble go in the place of Chip Kelly, which is another questionable move. So, you know, you just got to you gotta look at ownership as well for letting Chip Kelly take over with the personnel department. We're talking with our buddy James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. James joins us every Wednesday. Starting next week, though, James will be joining us three days a week as we talk NFL football, as we get ready to wind up the regular season and we get ready for the uh, NFL playoffs. That'll be fun. <clears throat> Absolutely. When the playoffs start, you know, the teams will be set. You playoffs. Know, playoffs. After this Sunday, they'll all be set and ready to go. And uh, you and I were talking, Phil, earlier in the week about some of the teams, and we, we kind of – you know, talked about the AFC and the NFC. And right now, and I'll get James's thought on this, uh, the New York Jets one of the hottest teams in the AFC. Yes, they are. And, um, you know, them bringing in the coach from Arizona really helped. Uh, they already had a lot of pieces in place, too, so that, that also helped. And he just pretty much, you know, just took what basically Rex Ryan couldn't, you know, get it done with, and he's getting it done with that. And some more, you know, he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick playing good over there. So all in all, you know, all they have to simply do is win, and they're in. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the Pittsburgh Steelers do at that point. You have to think, you know, I would think at least I'm banking my money on the New York Jets beating the Bills, knowing what they have at stake. Even though, you know, the Bills aren't, you know, they're not a slouch team. But knowing what the Jets have at stake, I think they get it done. They win and they uh, clinched that uh, last wild card position. Absolutely. Again, we're talking to James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. You can check out his stuff at the website, www.ProFootballSpot.com. Let's talk about, real quick, uh, the good news this morning. Again, we're coming up on Black Monday, and we know that, obviously, for a number of coaches, it won't be good news. But one of the coaches that we will not hear about is another uh, than uh, Gus Bradley, who uh, I was glad to hear Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, coming out yesterday and basically saying what we kind of already assumed, but you never know, and that was that indeed Gus Bradley would be back for the final year of his contract. I was uh, glad to hear that. I was glad as well, and it's something that you know me, you, and Monty have talked on continuously. And I stated that I thought that he should, uh, he would return, and you all thought he would as well. And I even earlier in the year, when the, uh, you know everything began to kind of look bad for the Jaguars, I even reached out to one of you know I don't have many sources, but one of the few sources I have that works with you know the NFL and whatnot, I reached out to him and asked him, and he said he felt like it was a long way away from the Jaguars moving from Gus Bradley and come to find out that person was right. So, you know, that being said, 
I'm glad Gus Bradley's coming back. Um, I think Shot Khan gets it because when you look at it, a lot of teams that continuously are bad are the teams that shuffle head coaches often, if that makes sense. And Shot Khan maybe sees that and maybe he thinks that consistency and, you know, not shifting personnel in and out can really help the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think it could pay dividends next year in 2016. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting while Shad Khan uh, did give uh, Gus Bradley the, the vote of confidence, and this is not the dreaded vote of confidence because we know that this vote of confidence won't be followed by a pink slip, at least not this year, but uh, Gus, uh, or Shad Khan rather did say uh, that, look, it's evident to see how far we've come in all aspects of our game and uh, Gus Bradley deserves a lot of credit for that. But then I thought it was interesting, the second part of that statement was the fact that it is also evident the considerable work that still needs to be done and where we expect to be at this time next season, which is well above where we stand today. And Gus certainly understands that. Now, I thought that was a pretty strong statement while endorsing your head coach for another year at the same time making it very clear, and uh, there's no ambiguity in that statement that uh, of what you expect. Absolutely. They expect the winning record, and more so they expect the playoffs. And when you look at it, you know, it's going to have to start. We, we've seen what this offense can do, and that is why Gus Bradley is still the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is because of the moves he made to get that offense where they needed to be. He fired Jed Fish last year in the place of Greg Olson, who came in and did a great job with the passing game, got Doug Marone in there, uh, got a new quarterback coach in there as well. And those guys have been phenomenal for Blake Bortles and that offense. So now it's a matter of him. He's probably going to have to do that same thing with the defense now. He's probably going to have to overhaul it. He's probably going to have to get another coach in there. They want to use a 4-3 still. And, you know, there's been whispers maybe Todd watch the defensive line coach will get the nod and get promoted. But he's likely going to have to find one of his good friends in Bob Babbage, the defensive coordinator, because the defense simply hasn't showed up. They are very poor at the defensive end position. They're poor at the safety position. They're going to have to spend resources to fix those positions, also in free agency and the draft. And, you know, they they got issues at linebacker as well. As you said earlier in the year, Phil, they're very slow at that position aside from Telvin Smith. So it's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I think that's going to start with Gus Bradley possibly firing Bob Babbage, which which is going to hurt him, and that's a good friend of his, but it's something that looks like needs to be done, especially with Shaq Khan saying what he said in that statement. You know, they have to make progress on that side of the ball.